welcome to the only podcast that's all about Fort Meade, our community, and life in the military. I'm your host, Joe Nieves. And I'm your co-host, Sherry Kuyper, and you're listening to Fort Meade Declassified. Fort Meade is now officially the home to a workforce of more than 62,000. And that doesn't include the thousands of family members, veterans, and retirees that the fort supports. Those people don't all live on Fort Meade. We live out in the neighboring counties, and in some cases, Pennsylvania and Virginia. But most of our folks live in Anne Arundel County. So what happens in the county matters very much to us. Today we are talking with Maryland State Delegate Mike Rogers, a District 32 delegate that has a lot of impact on the Fort Meade area. Thank you for joining us today, uh, Delegate Rogers. So thank you both for having me. It's a wonderful opportunity to be here with you today and share, you know, whatever information I can. Wonderful. Well, first, why don't you start off by telling us what does it mean to be a delegate? So a state delegate is someone who works in the uh, Maryland General Assembly, and we our primary function is, as the legislative branch is to create legislation laws which impact people statewide. And, and how would you say your work impacts Fort Meade? So um, it's interesting. I just had a um, wonderful session with the garrison commander, and I had the opportunity to share with him that, you know, so we each all have our, our niche areas, if you will. So for me, as a veteran and as someone who has served, I, I try to focus on those um, pieces of legislation that focus and impact veterans, as well as uh, consumer protection uh, kinds of issues serving on the Economic Matters Committee. And how does that apply to folks that live here at the fort? Because one of the things we run to, as you just mentioned, you're a veteran. Not everybody that's here at Fort Meade is a, is a resident of Maryland. So how do those initiatives that you work on still benefit those folks, even though we might not actually be um, residents of the state? So I think uh, a lot of the services that are provided in the area to everyone, it doesn't matter if you're um, a state resident or not, but by virtue of living on Fort Meade and being in this area, you can avail yourself to a lot of those services. Uh, I'm very familiar um, having uh, been a Texas Texas resident for most of my career (laughs) that a lot of things that I couldn't necessarily vote for did impact me by physically living in this area. And so I think there's the opportunity to um, take advantage of those services just because you may be a Pennsylvania resident or a Virginia resident. If you live and work here, um, you can access a lot of services that are in this area. And so that sort of kind of leads into um, the old John Kennedy um, saying, ask not what you can do for your country, but what your your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. There are a lot of ways to really get involved uh, in the local community. Um, Just because you may not be a resident here, there are so many wonderful nonprofit organizations, uh, organizations like the USO, um, Sarah's House, which is technically on Fort Meade's property, um, other nonprofit organizations that you can really get involved in, make a difference to the community. As I explained to um, Colonel Nyland earlier, for me, it's always been about improving your foxhole, wherever that is. Right. And so you always want to like improve your community, make things better where you are while you're there. Because, you know, in my view, that's what we're all put here to do, is try to make things better. 
And I, I do love that, um, your message, especially about, you know, making your foxhole better. But as a non-resident, because I'm a military spouse, my residency is technically Virginia. How do I let you know that maybe I think something's not cool or something's really great? Um, so when you're, you know, when you're working the legislation that you see the impact uh, of my level, do I still get a say? Do you still want to hear from me, even though I'm not a voting member of your state? Absolutely. Um, and so the way you get a, in contact with me is um, you can go to the Maryland General Assembly's website or you can go to mike.rogers at house.state.md.us. Send me an email. Um, you can call me, but right now we're sort of socially distanced. And so the email is probably the, the best way to, to make contact. And we respond to our constituents. And even though you may not necessarily be a resident of Maryland, and even though um, you may not have voted for me in the last election, by virtue of you being here on Fort Meade, you're one of my customers. I consider you a constituent. And one of the things I mentioned to the garrison commander earlier is a lot of times there are legislation, there is legislation that impacts our veterans. And so yeah. to the extent that that does have an impact on you. You may not be a resident, but it, it can uh, make a difference. So I would ask you to, to reach out, you know, let us know your ideas, let us know your thoughts, let us know some of the concerns that, that you may have. And, and that was really uh, my, my primary reason for wanting to come and have the conversation as the new garrison commander, just to say, look, how can I serve you as the garrison commander and the Fort Meade community, understanding that not everybody is necessarily a resident of Maryland. Again, I was that guy. You know, I was right. that guy who lived here, who's been living here since 2003, but didn't actually become a Maryland resident until after I retired in 2000, at the end of 2015. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I don't know about you, Joe, but I know that a lot of my friends who are active duty military families, they don't get in law involved with yeah. the local government because they think that <clears throat> you're not going to, I don't want to say care, that's not the right word, but that their voice doesn't matter yeah. because they're not a resident, yeah. they don't get to vote. And what we've also noticed um, a few weeks ago, we spoke to um, Anne Arundel County Councilman Andrew Prusky, mm -hmm. and what I find very interesting is you guys are saying the exact same things yeah. about um, the service members and the families, so you do need to get involved. You do need to say something if you like something, if you don't like something, or if you see opportunity for improvement or growth. Um, our local leaders still want to hear from you, and what you said is, is perfect. You're, we're still your customer, um, so he's your customer service rep. So get on the phone and, or email him. And email, you know, email the councilman, email Delegate Rogers. They still want to hear from you. I think that's a really yeah. important message um, because I do think a lot of active duty service members feel like we're just passing through. We're not going to be here that long. It doesn't matter what I have to yeah. say. But the truth is other service members are going to come after you. And if you see something now and get a ball rolling, that's a, that's a good thing. I, I mentioned, Sherry, and so thank you for, for making that point. Um, I mentioned earlier about some nonprofit organizations. But, you know, again, going back to the concept of improving your foxhole, um, I coach Little League football in Severn. And I was a coach when my son played. Again, we're not Maryland residents, but still, that was something that we could do to make an impact on the community, help youth sports programs. Sure. And so, you know, from coaching, um, 
you know, I, I owned a house here, and so I decided to join the Homeowners Association, and I got involved with the Homeowners Association because, you know, there were some things that I thought could be improved. Again, I'm still a Texas resident, but I own a house here. Um, <laughs> right? So let yep. me see how I can make my community where I live a little bit better. While I was doing that, someone came to me and said, hey, meet high school. Uh, there's been a lap, a big turnover because this is in a military community. So there is a lot of transition. They're about to lose their charter. Maybe you can help out. So I went over there to volunteer and next thing I know, I was the vice president. Then next thing the <laughs> vice president quits and I'm the president. But it was an incredible experience in a way to get involved with the community, uh, to improve the 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 circumstances for the children that are which you know is our future um in the community and just sort of kind of make a difference improving that foxhole where i'm at well since since you brought it up um talking about education um i've had the pleasure of sitting in on many meetings that you're talking about education and you're very passionate about it clearly um as a PTA president, you've put two of your own uh, children through Mead High School. So what are some opportunities you see at Mead High School? Maybe what are some challenges you see at Mead High School? Um, because I think our education is unique. Um, so for those of you who are listening may not know, we have seven Anne Arundel County public schools on our property. Um, that does not mean that all the students are military. Uh, so we're in the very unique situation. So like at Mead High and Mead Middle School, many of the students are actually from off post. Um, so I think that probably brings up some challenges and opportunities in of itself. So I'd love to hear, hear what you think, since I know that's something that you've been very passionate about throughout your career. Sure. Um, so education is, is very, very um, important to me. And uh, it was one of the things, one of the platforms that I ran on. And, you know, being the, the military veteran that I am, you know, we like acronyms. And so my <laughs> platform was E2C2. And if you ever see me, you know, my Facebook post, you'll see E2C2. Education, economy, community, country. Mm. Nice. That, that, that's what I ran on, and, and it worked. But specifically to education, um, Mead High, so the challenge is some of the reputation associated with Mead High. Mm -hmm. um, that's there. But again, you know, both of my kids went there. Um, they have some programs that you can't find anywhere else in the county. They right. have some signature programs that are just phenomenal. Um, Homeland Security, yep. Project Lead the Way, International Baccalaureate Program. There's a program with the NSA where they work very closely with NSA. They're developing a cybersecurity program out right. there. Things that you won't find anywhere else in Anne Arundel County. And those are great. But I think also we have to look at the kids that aren't in those programs. And so what can we do to improve the educational experience for them? And that's where I think putting my legislator's hat on, and I'm on record for supporting the Blueprint for Maryland's Future, which is formerly known as the Kerwin Commission. Mm. And really what that says is that as opposed to just taking money and you know providing that money to the county or the jurisdiction, Baltimore City, Baltimore County, Anne Arundel County, Prince George's County, we're going to earmark that funding to the child. Because as Sherry, you so um, appropriately mentioned earlier, not all the kids on Fort Meade's seven schools live on Fort Meade. It's the surrounding community. So what can we do 
that might be impactful for the kids that live in some of the communities adjacent to me who socioeconomically aren't necessarily in the same situation as some of the kids who do live on me. So mm -hmm. by having that targeted funding that will follow children through their school, um, through their school career, if you will, on the time that they're in school through high school, from pre-K all the way through high school, that can make a huge impact. That can make it a little bit better for you know, Sherry, who may come from, you know, an environment where she has more economic means to, say, a Mike Rogers, who may not come from the same socioeconomic experiences, it sort of kind of helps level the playing field yeah. through funding, through targeting that funding to um, those kids who need it most. And it sounds like the idea of that is then to, um, to make smaller that education gap. The, exactly. Um, I think I might be using the wrong. So there's word there's for the that. opportunity gap and there's the opportunity there, gap. Yeah. That's the one that yeah, uh -huh. that the county's uh -huh. been using a lot. Right. And um, I mean, it's it sounds like something anything that can make education more equitable. And, and that's the whole goal behind um, the brew plant for Maryland's future, formerly known as the, um, the Kerwin Kerwin Commission. Yeah. Thank you, Sherry. <laughs> Um, and so I think that that's going to go a long way um, to improving the circumstances for particularly those kids in western and northern Anne Arundel County, because in western and northern Anne Arundel County, you have two of the largest schools in the county, Mead High and North County, to a lesser extent, Old Mill, but who, in my view, have been historically underfunded. Mm -hmm as compared to some of the other schools in the county. So I think this, by targeting, targeting the funding to the students, <clears throat> will make a huge difference in terms of closing that opportunity gap. Is Mead High the biggest school in the county? Mead High and North County, it sort of runs. So it's like the top two. I had no idea yeah. that Mead High I think 2,200 no. students, 2,400 students. Wow. Yeah. I thought I, I thought some more North County schools were bigger. I had no idea Mead was one of the biggest was one of the top two in the county. Mead in North County. So no. the the blueprint is that something? And forgive me for not knowing. Is that something that's definite? It's coming, or is this something that's still in the process of becoming a thing? It, it, so it's it's still in the process. Okay. So last uh, legislative session, we passed it. Okay. Um, and the governor vetoed it. And so once we go back into session, and it was primarily, you know, circled around how we're going to pay for it. Um, but I do believe that when we go back into session in January, we will have the votes to pass, to override his veto. Okay. Okay. So now, it, so now it's in the le legislation's hands. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we would know sometime in January, possibly, I, I if this is going to happen. First thing we're going to do, one of, one of the first things that we're going to do in uh, this upcoming legislative session is to focus on overriding certain vetoes, and that's one of them. That's probably at the top of the list. Okay. Well, I'll be excited to see how that turns out. I mean... When it happens, I'll give you a call. Okay. <laughs> All right. I, I, I know Nicole has my number, so you have her, have, have her ring me up for you. I, I will do that. <laughs> um, well, speaking of, of Mead High, some other cool things happening um, at Mead High was um, 
They recently were an award and a grant for complete makeover of the school. So I hope that goes a long way to um, making the students more comfortable. I don't know about mm -hmm. you, Joe, but I've walked through Mead High. Yeah, I haven't been through there yet. It's old. <laughs> it's old. It needs some updates. It's, it's, it's very old. A few more windows. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think um, we'll go a long way. I know they're getting, um, and I think they've actually, it's already open, a new cyber range. Um, just recently opened in the school, so all those cool programs you were just talking about. Um, our MEAD students have some high-end um, tech equipment and some very smart people from all of our secret squirrel organizations here on Post mm -hmm. that go mm -hmm. help them out and everything. So lots of good things at MEAD High and potentially some, some good things coming um, when legislation meets again in January. I'm excited uh, about the new school and, and the... Um Hundred plus million dollars that that's going to be put into um, changing the current face of the school, and I think it is something that you know we can take pride in as a community, and I think the students will also be able to take pride in that, and I think where um, everyone can help, and and I had this conversation with um, uh, Chief of Public Affairs and the Garrison Commander is you know, strategic communications, which is sure. really, this is what this is a part of, and making sure that we um, highlight the fact that we've got a brand new school coming in, the fact that um, we're, we're going to change what the environment looks like, and that's going to have uh, impacts throughout the local community um, to the communities that are feeders into the high school, and to sort of build that pride for what this new school is going to look like. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and I mean, when you when you start with the schools and stuff like that, you change the 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 environments around the school too. You know, like it it builds up the entire community, which is I mean, we don't do enough of that I think sometimes. So, it's really great to hear that that we're going to be focused on education that way. You yeah. Know? And students will have cool new facilities to yeah. go into and shiny new things yeah. to use, which can be pretty inspiring. I mean, I agree. Um, I mean, I, it was a long, long time ago, but when I was in high school and they still <laughs> issued things called textbooks, um, <laughs> some of mine were so old that like my mom and like friends of hers were still listed in some of my textbooks. Wow. And I recall thinking that was like. That was a long time ago then. So it's like what we you know, won't call that the dinosaur ages. Yeah. I'm not it's not quite the dinosaur ages, but it's it's approaching it. But just just the thought of even then I just remember thinking like, how is any of this still applied to me? You know, move yeah. it up to today for our students to be getting a new facility, new equipment, the new cyber range. I mean, I think that does something to their their mental approach when they're going into the school as well. I mean, to feel like well, they they got something to learn with. Yeah. I, I so when I went to school, it, it, I was living in a low-income area, and the schools weren't great. And from that perspective, it didn't feel like people cared. Like the right. teachers cared, they tried, but it does. And, and with that, you lose motivation. Yeah. You know, and when you start to put into the schools, because that's the most important thing, in my opinion, to put money into is the schools, okay. the education, the future of our nation. It starts there, you know. So, you know, you put more resources into that. It shows you care that builds motivation in the children. You know, we have geniuses in our schools that we don't know are geniuses yet, you know, and it's not until right. they have that opportunity to show you, you know. Right. So I, I think it's great. Um 
And that brings me to something that you keep uh, you keep using things like acronyms and foxhole and you know <laughs> I, I know it's perking up the ears of our listeners because we we all live in that same general realm of 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 life because that's why we're tuning in. Um, so you were a colonel in the military, right? Um, what was your life like in the military that led? I think ultimately led you to becoming a delegate. So it. Service, service. Yeah. It's all. It all. It, it all starts and ends with service. Service to your nation. Now, service to uh, my community. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what it's about. And I think the military instills that in you. So I remember starting as a private in the Marine Corps and retiring as a colonel in the Army. And and I remember going to Annapolis, uh, my first session, and people would come up to me and they would say, you know, Maryland is a very um, diverse geographically Mm -hmm. state. And it must be a challenge for you to um, understand, you know, Western Maryland and Eastern Maryland, the Eastern Shore, Southern Maryland, the central part of the state. And and do you find that challenging? It must be pretty difficult for you as a new legislator. And they probably didn't know my military background. Right, right. And I would say, well, you know, after 29 years in the Army, um, four continents, 32 countries, I think I can figure out Maryland. <laughs> and so they just, oh, nope, I guess you're good. And so I, I do think that my um, background in the military and, and having the chance to serve in Europe, in the Middle East, in Asia, all across the United States, that does sort of inform the way that um, I engage people and, and interact. And, and you know, the military um, has its own educational structure. And I think some of the things that you find in the military you can use as examples for how you can improve certain things um, locally. And so I tried to take those experiences and, you know, that from whence I came to try to improve my current environment or foxhole. I keep slipping back into those military (laughs) um, euphemisms. But um, I think it's important to take, you know, your, your set of experiences, try to find common ground and use that to sort of improve your local community environment. And to, to that extent, to me, that's, um, that's what service is about. Yeah. I do have a, a question. Joe probably knows where I'm going to go with this and where my <laughs> ears probably perked up in what you've said. So um, my family, we're an active duty Marine family. So what the heck made you switch from the Marine Corps to the Army? <laughs> so um, after my freshman year in, uh, at University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, you know, a gunnery sergeant came, called me on the phone and said, how would you like to earn $1,000 for six weeks? And <laughs> I was like, sure, that's more than I can make as a busboy down at the hotel on Riceville Beach in North <laughs> Carolina. So can't be all that bad. So I went to OCS at Quantico, um, oh. Virginia, in 1983, I'm dating myself, and it was a very interesting experience. We won't call that the dinosaur <clears throat> age. <laughs> but it was. Um, so when I got back, uh, the folks at Duke UNC didn't have ROTC at the time. Duke said, look, you know, for that six, six weeks in Quantico, we'll give you two years experience and you can come into ROTC as a junior next year. Oh, and wow. oh, by the way, the Marines Corps, the Marine Corps had one option, three years active duty, three years reserve, two years IR. The Army said, no, you can do active duty, 
reserve, National mm-hmm. Guard, and I've always liked options. Yeah, so, so to me, they had more options. So I said, <laughs> I'll, I'll give it a shot. And, I, you know, my goal was to go in, uh, do my three years, which was my initial obligation. Somehow 29 years later, yeah. um, <laughs> I was still there. And so um, it just ended up being an incredible experience. That's amazing. What's the coolest thing you've ever done because you were in the Army? Wow. There there have just been so many cool experiences. I mean, it's hard to pick one, um, but I love to travel. And having the opportunity to travel to so many different places, some places I didn't like, um, you know, Afghanistan wasn't one of my favorites, (laughs) Uh, neither was Iraq, but some of the places I've had to opportunity to travel and the people that I've had the opportunity I have met incredible people um, and it it really is the people Um, the people sort of inform the experiences and you know certainly off segment I can tell you just some incredible stories um, that you know I uh, experienced as a result of being in the military that's awesome well, I know it's also a big week for, I mean, you know, you were only, you started out in the Marine Corps and then went Army, so I'm assuming you're rooting for Army this Saturday. Go Army, beat Navy. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, see, in my household, it's go <laughs> Navy, beat Army. I'm sure, so I'm sure. We'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm, a, I, I'm going to be honest, uh, much to the chagrin of any Navy fan listening, I'm a little well, worried. Well, didn't, I'm didn't, a little worried. didn't we win last year? No. No, we won the year prior. That's no, what it was. Yeah, lost, we did. No, you've lost the last two years, I think. Oh, and we won the year prior to that. Yeah, because yeah. the year prior to that was when it was snowing. Yeah. And Army had these beautiful white uniforms for 10th Mountain Division. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember that. And, so you can say we blended in. It was oh, man, it was, it was genius. <laughs> I was like, this way, you couldn't have planned that better if you tried. Uh, but Navy did have some really cool promos of their guys coming out of the Severn River there by the Naval Academy. Yeah. And, beautiful, uh, beautiful facility. Yeah. Beautiful campus. No, yeah. but it's going to be a great game. It My is. husband says, I don't care how Navy season looked. Army Navy game is the only one that matters, yeah. that, and so, that's so true. So, Every year, you so, can have a great season or, or not so great know. season, but if you win that game, yeah. that's what counts. It, yeah, it doesn't matter. You could have lost every other game, every other game. But yeah, either way, I'm looking forward to the game, no matter what. So. It, it'll, it'll be a great game, I'm sure. And go Army, beat Navy. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, since you're our guest, I'll let you have the last word on that one. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, delegate, for for joining us today. Any final thoughts or anything we didn't cover that you? No, I, I just want to thank you for the opportunity. This this has been great. Um, I, I, I love Fort Meade. Uh, you know, I consider myself a customer. You know, I, I love the facilities. Um, every chance I get, you know, I'm out here either shopping or, um, you know, previously using the gyms. And and, and I, I like to just sort of flip that on its head, as I said, with the uh, with Colonel Nyland, the garrison commander. I look forward to doing whatever I can to serve the community and help Fort Meade in any way that I can as a state legislature. So, Joe, what, what did you think of Delegate Rogers? Oh, I thought he was amazing. Um, it's really great to uh, uh, see, like, because we've, we've introduced, we've interviewed we interviewed Councilman Prusky, and we've met so many people over the last year where they take this military service that they've had and they turn it into 
um, into, well, a life of service, I should right. say. A life of service. Because exactly. there's people who weren't in the military as well who, who right. just have been living this, this life of service to others, to their, to their town, to their country. And, and it's really great to, to, to hear that, to, to hear there's people out there who just want to do good. Yeah. 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 And I think with Delegate Rogers and Councilman Prusky also said the same thing, but I can't reiterate enough that even though we're not residents of this community, there's ways we can get involved in the community um, as Delegate Rogers was saying, with nonprofit yeah. organizations and volunteering and improving our foxhole. Yeah. But our our legislators do care about what we think, regardless if we're going to be here for two years or yeah. we're moving here or what have you. They get it. Yeah. And I think that um, as active duty families, we do a disservice to ourselves assuming that they don't really care. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I'm not trying to be well, rude I or think, blunt, but they yeah. do care. And we've heard that two different times now. They their comments were almost virtually word for word yeah, the same. Very and, close. Yeah. You know, so just you know, just remember like those those delegates, you know, maybe you're not voting, but they're still there. They still want to hear what you have to say, they still value your input. And while you're here, those actions, you know, matter. Things that are voted yeah. on in Anne Arundel County do affect you. You're you yeah. know, and so you do get a chance to speak up. I think I think the thing to keep in mind is is you know for our, our junior enlisted our, our younger service people who haven't been in the military very long is to remember that you matter you know right. just because you're here for four years or three years and you think that you have no say in anything these things affect you so you matter what you think how you feel that stuff matters and they care yeah and, and participating care. in the process will help you you know over the course of your career it'll teach you things it'll you'll build investment in your community and and when you do things like that it builds you up as a person as a service member you know as a member of this nation so just remember those things and i wanted to point out joe i don't know if you know this but back in july uh delegate rogers and pete smith who also works for anne arundel county mm -hmm. um for um military and veterans um also a veteran himself. Actually, he may still be active duty, so um, I correct myself there. Uh, but they uh, came in July and had a Christmas in July and dropped off tons of free sports equipment. So like That's right. baseball, basketballs, yeah. bats, and all that stuff. Um, Nicole, who I mentioned in, in the interview, who works for Delegate Rogers, um, was dressed as an elf. <laughs> and, um, I remember and, those pictures. You know, yeah. And so just even little things like that that happened um, yeah. throughout the year. So um, definitely very cool to hear from Delegate Rogers. Very cool to hear about the education stuff that might be down the pipeline and the opportunities that that could bring. Yeah. And, um, you know, kind of fun to learn that he was the head of the PTA um, at one time. And, um, and very good stuff there. So very excited about that. So, you know, we had this great interview just now, but it also brings me back to a lot of the great interviews we've had this year. This is, it's been a full year, folks. We've been doing this for a year now, so that's pretty cool. Um, for those who tune in, we're really grateful for you. We're, we're glad you're along for the ride, and we hope you had as much fun as we did. Um, Maybe, you know, we're a little selfish. We, You're we getting a little nostalgic, bit more Joe. It's that end of year. Yeah, it's the end of year. You look back because, because folks, um, this is our last podcast for the year. It is. We will be back on January 12th with mm -hmm. the, a fresh new podcast. And, yes, we will. But Joe and I have been talking about what has our favorite podcast been. I mean, we've yeah. met so many cool people, Joe. So many good ones. And uh, 
What was your favorite one? I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I, I think, think I know. Just because you're, you're a bit of a comic nerd. Yeah. It's it's definitely going to be the episode we did with Philip Kennedy Johnson. Yeah. That was a very uh, cool episode. The active duty uh, field band member. He's uh, he's done amazing things. I keep up with him on social ever yes. since our, our interview. Um, he's writing for major comic book labels. It's awesome. And it's great. It, you know... It's still it's still really cool to see an active duty service member who is so successful in this other field, as well as being super successful in his active duty life, yeah. you know? So it's great to see that it's possible and attainable for any service member to kind of have yeah. that, you know? Yeah, I thought his interview was so cool, um, talking about his Netflix deal, um, I love the episode that we did with Lou Leto from the uh, National Cryptologic Museum, yes. and he brought the Enigma machine the Enigma over, machine. and we were sending encrypted messages back and forth. I think it's really cool hearing from the colonels. We had an exit yes. interview with uh, Colonel Sprague. The podcast did not exist when he started, so he didn't get an interview when he first started. Yeah, so we right. had his exit interview. His wife joined us. Yes. Um, that was fun. You know, it was good to get some dirt on him yeah. um, and everything. <laughs> but then we also had an interview with Colonel Nyland, yeah. our new, newer, I guess he's, he's, he's not, not so new now, not yeah. so new now, but um, when he first came on board and had some fun conversations with him and um, I encourage folks to listen to those because I think you don't really get to hear from leadership on that kind of personal right. level. You don't really you know, get a chance to hear them, especially when they're first starting. Like geeking out over movies, yeah, which I yeah, believe yeah, Colonel yeah. Nyland did. I think he did, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. And it's really fun like, yeah. to hear those. Because, you know, it's hard, I think, sometimes um, when you're working all the time and you're, you're, your nose is to the grind and you don't really have a chance to get to know the leaders around you. Yeah. So it's really cool to get to, get to know them a little bit. Yeah. Hear, hear what they think and yeah. how they feel. Yeah, absolutely. So I thought that I think those interviews are a lot of fun. Um, I really enjoyed the one with Scott Poyer from Anne Arundel County. He was the guy that marries folks down at the county courthouse. Yes, yeah, that was fun. When we that did was a that great episode. episode, that was a good episode. What did and, we call that one again? Oh, um, getting hitched and staying. Hitched. Yes, and we that had really Chaplain Hughes um, from the Religious Support Office right. here. Um, and that episode, I mean, I expected it to be good, but wow, yeah. that was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was yeah. really cool. It was really cool. So thank you everybody for listening over the past year. Go back and check out some of those episodes. You can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on iHeartRadio. Yeah. And, um, I know why you're all very sad that you won't have a new mm-hmm. episode until January 12th. Um, you can go back and listen to us again yeah. and listen to some of those, um, those episodes, maybe ones you might have missed or just want to catch up on and, you know, join us back here in January. Yeah. And, and in between that time, if you want to take a, uh, take a trip, go check out the tree. We yes. just had the tree recently. So that's pretty cool. We had a live, little live thing on, on Facebook with that. So that's pretty cool. Yes. And we're going to have a story walk behind um, the library there. So the Anne Arundel County Public Libraries, um, they're putting up a story walk. So it's going to be pages of a story out um, so that you can go out with your kids and kind of read a story and and take a walk um, around the park there, go see the tree. Uh, The story walk will also be bilingual, which I just um, found out. So I think that's really cool as well. So some fun um, outdoor activities um, for the holiday season. Yes, we know. We're stuck in this pandemic with you, and it's been very trying, and 
you know, just a reminder over the holiday seasons, you need to, to follow the guidelines, stay safe, keep yourself safe, keep your families healthy, and all those things. I know we all want to get up and travel and, and go, um, but, you know, just follow the guidelines and li- listen to the experts. Um, but today, as of this recording, the first vaccine was issued oh, for cool. in, yeah. um, in England, I believe. Yeah. We're it was. Get it was show on the road now. There, you know, it was a 90-year-old woman who was the first uh, recipient of the vaccine. Very cool. And um, so it, it, that feels like a little bit of a light peeking through. It is at it the is. end of, of a very, very long and dark tunnel. So, <laughs> so just you know, we're we're hopefully in that home stretch. It might be a long stretch, but just stick with it, folks. Um, I know it's hard. Yeah. I know Joe's probably climbing the walls at his house. Oh, very much so. <laughs> But but please stick with it. We want you to stay safe. And 2020 is almost over. And we really hope to see everybody back in 2021. We're really excited to for the next year or season two of this podcast. <laughs> so um, we look forward to seeing you there. Have a safe, happy holidays. And make sure you take some time to celebrate those. But be safe so we can all be back in the new year.